But if you are baptized in the Holy Spirit and empowered by Him, your witness will carry power and force and anointing and influence. Welcome to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire, author and founding senior pastor of the exciting Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Pastor Jeff is known for his heartfelt and practical proclamation of the scriptures. We are so glad you joined us today. So stay tuned as Pastor Jeff teaches, encourages, and challenges you from the Word of God. all had a birthday and so did the church. Hi and welcome to Life Talk. I'm Jeff Wickwire and thanks for joining us. Today we're starting a brand new life-changing series I'm calling Acts, When God Gets Loose. You know the Old Testament is filled with prophecies regarding the coming of the Messiah, Jesus Christ. And finally he arrived in the fullness of time. And it was Jesus himself that predicted the arrival of the church. He said on this rock, I will build my church. On the day of Pentecost, the church, Jesus predicted, was born in a spectacular outpouring of the Holy Spirit. This amazing event launches the narrative of the book of Acts. So let's get started on this exciting, informative new series called Acts, When God Gets Loose, with the message, The Church's Birthday. So now, let's look at the book of Acts. I'm calling tonight the church's birthday because this is the church's birthday. The day of Pentecost is the church's birthday. So let me give you a little history of Acts. The book of Acts is the inspired history book of the church. While the epistles are primarily theological, the book of Acts is primarily testimonial. It is also transitional, covering the period between the gospels and the epistles. You know, the church is birthed. It's birthed on the day of Pentecost. Jerusalem exploded with spiritual growth and spiritual dynamism, and yet the epistles were yet to come. The book of Acts is the transition time between when the Spirit fell and the epistles were written. Now, the story of the book revolves around the personalities and the ministries of primarily three men, Simon Peter, Stephen and Saul, who became Paul. Now, Simon Peter was the apostle to the Jews. And of course, we know Saul of Tarsus, the apostle Paul, was the incomparable apostle to the Gentiles. And Stephen, you say, where does Stephen fit in? Stephen, the first martyr, is really the link between the two. Because here's Stephen preaching. Then they stoned him, and standing there was Saul. And it says Saul was giving his consent. I believe when Stephen said, Father, forgive them, Saul was doomed to be saved. And so that's why I say that Stephen was really the link between Peter and his ministry of the Jews and the emerging Saul who became saved and the great apostle to the Gentiles. Now, Peter and Paul could not be more different. And this ought to encourage you because look at the diversity in people that Jesus calls and uses mightily. Peter was a Palestinian Jew. Paul was a Hellenist Jew. 
Peter was what the world would call an ignorant, unlearned man. A fisherman by trade. We would call him a blue-collar worker. Paul was a scholar, a genius, a trained rabbi, an educated Pharisee, a Greek cosmopolitan, a Roman citizen. If you're looking for status, Saul had it in spades. If you're looking for the common man, just a run-of-the-mill guy, blue-collar worker, going out fishing, getting what he could, bringing it home, giving it to the wife, raising a family, you got Peter. And isn't it interesting that Jesus laid his hands on both, and both of them became mighty in God. So it doesn't matter who you are, where you're from, what's your background, your pedigree, your education, he can use you and will use you. What he needs is a yielded vessel. Peter was a personal disciple of the Lord Jesus in the days of his flesh. But Paul met Christ as the Lord from heaven. We have no record that he ever heard Jesus in person. On the way to the Damascus Road, you know the story. He was knocked down by a bright light and a voice. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he was saved. And the first thing out of his mouth, what do you want me to do, Lord? That's a great thing to say when he's knocked you to the ground. What do you want me to do, Lord? Now, Paul said of himself, I was born out of due time. I'm a latecomer to this apostolic company. I'm a latecomer, born out of due time, 1 Corinthians 15, 8. Now, we will see in this study that Luke, the writer, is always balancing Paul with Peter. For instance, there's 18 public addresses recorded in the book of Acts. That means public speeches. 14 of them come from these two men with seven each equally divided between them. So you have this juxtaposition all the time that Luke makes between Peter and Paul and Paul and Peter. They're juxtaposed against each other, and they are the prominent personalities in Acts. Now, the story of the church in the book of Acts is one of constant expansion and dynamic supernatural growth, hence the title, When God Gets Loose. I want God to get loose here. I want God to move here. When the Spirit of God gets loose, it's just a matter of, hang on, baby, it's about to get fun. See, when God's really moving, you're you're a spectator more than a participator. You're watching the sovereign God do things that are a surprise even to you. Now, Because of the length of this book, it's 28 chapters. I'm not going to go verse by verse. We would be here for two years. But I'm going to highlight the main points of each chapter, and I think it's going to bless you. Now, starting out, Luke begins with the person of Jesus Christ. That's a great place to start. Amen? Amen. Acts 1, verses 1 and 2. Luke writes, The former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach, until the day in which he was taken up, After he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen. Now, let me pick this verse apart a little bit. Who is Theophilus? Well, we don't know who Theophilus is. His name literally means loved by God, but it carries the idea of friend of God. Now, I'm just going to throw out a guess. My guess is he's either a Roman official or some person of high rank. Because he says, O noble Theophilus. 
So this is not a nobody. This is a somebody he's writing to. But it doesn't really matter if we know who he was. Now, notice that Luke refers to his former treatise, which was no doubt the book of Luke, one of the four gospels. He immediately says, the former account I made, O Theophilus. The former account was the book of Luke. He's hearkening back to his gospel, the book of Luke. Now, he tells us what his goal was with the book of Luke. His goal with his gospel was to provide a record of what Jesus did and what he taught. He tells us in Acts 10.38, I love this summation of Jesus' ministry. I want you to read it with me. He went about everywhere doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Amen. Amen. Now, is that not what the church ought to be doing? And Luke provided a fabulous record of his teachings, including the Sermon on the Mount, the Upper Room Discourse, and the many parables and precepts that he uttered regarding how to live life according to kingdom principles. You know, once you're saved, you have an instruction manual, and it's called the Bible. If you want to know how to live it, Jesus told us exactly how to live in the new kingdom into which we have been translated. So his second work now, the book of Acts, shows that Jesus living, doing, and teaching is still going on through the church or should be, and that's the message of this book. When we get into the book of Acts, we're going to see this 120 nobodies literally turning Rome upside down by the anointed power and preaching and ministry and influence of Jesus through them. And we're supposed to read it and say, if he could do it then, he can do it now. Amen? Amen. Now, next in verse 3, he informs us that Jesus appeared to his apostles after the resurrection. Listen to verse 3. To whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Jesus showed up for 40 days after he was risen from the dead. He walked around for 40 days. Now, let me just give you a little chronology of that. We recall that Jesus appeared to Mary first. All you women ought to be blessed. He didn't pick a man. He picked a woman to appear to first. All the ladies say amen. Amen. Don't strut, but let that humble you. (laughs) Then to the women who went early the first Easter morn to anointing for burial. So again, he appeared first to women. Then he appeared to Peter privately and to the two disciples on the road to Emmaus. And I've given you the verses here if you want to look them up later. Luke 24, 13, 22. Now, then the Lord made his first appearance to the 11 and gave them their commission. A week later, he appeared to the 11 again. Now, I say 11 and not 12 because Judas was out of the picture having hanged himself. And then he appeared to good old, poor old, doubting Thomas for the first time. Well, that was a meeting too. Hey, Tom, put your hand in my side. Oh, my Lord. I I don't know if he did it, but if it's me, I'm saying, Lord, I believe, I believe. I'm not sticking my hand in your side. But he told him to do it. And what did he say finally? My Lord and my God. He got it. 
Now, then next the Lord appeared to the eleven again on a mountain where they worshipped him. And then later he appeared to seven of the disciples led by Peter who had gone fishing. Peter went fishing, all discouraged, disillusioned, probably beating himself up for having denied the Lord. So being a leader, he decided to go back to his old life and he dragged these others with him. And we know they caught absolutely nothing because if you try going back to your old life, you know what you're going to catch? Nothing. I love Jesus rubbed it in the next morning as the sun was rising. Hey, boys, have you caught anything? Nothing. Cast the net on the right side. I've heard that command before. They threw on the right side. A great company of fish. John having a definite grasp of the obvious, said, it's the Lord. And Peter dove in and swam to Jesus, and it was a let's get right and reconciled, you and me, Peter. All right. For 40 days, the Lord Jesus came and went, overcoming the unbelief of his disciples until they were utterly convinced of his resurrection. His final appearance to them was the day of his ascension back into glory. Jesus was going home. Because he didn't come from earth, y'all. He came from heaven. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. And the Word was God. When Jesus appeared, God had wrapped himself in skin. He became one of us. All man, all God, all God, all man. But Jesus was very God. When he looked at you, God was looking at you. That's why he could look at you and tell you all about yourself. Because he knew all about you. But now he's going back home from whence he came. His final words to them focused on the crucial importance of waiting for the promised Holy Spirit. Now, this is the book of Acts. The book of Acts is the book of Acts only because the Spirit fell. If the Holy Spirit hadn't fallen on these motley crew of 120, there wouldn't have been no book of Acts. Because the book of Acts is really the Acts of the Holy Spirit. So look what he says to them, being assembled together with them. He commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Now, Jesus had repeatedly taught them on the importance of the Holy Spirit. Read John 13, John 14, John 15, John 16, all about the importance of the Holy Spirit. He had told them, you've got to have the Holy Spirit for teaching, for power, for fruit bearing. Essentially, he's telling them, don't even think about going forth in my name until you've been empowered by my spirit, because you'll flop, you'll fail, your words will drop in front of you. But if you are baptized in the Holy Spirit and empowered by him, your witness will carry power and force and anointing and influence. I can't tell you how much I depend on the Holy Spirit. Let no one think that pastoring is easy. It is a major challenge. It will beat the stuffings out of you from time to time. But the only way I've made it 33 years, I'm a total debtor to the Holy Spirit. I'm serious. He has strengthened me. He has encouraged me. He has comforted me. He has taught me. He has picked me up when I was down. He's breathed fresh life into me. 
He has stoked my vision again. He's kept the fire in my heart burning. It's the Holy Spirit, and I'm a debtor to him. And the only reason I'm in the pulpit at all is because the Holy Spirit filled me when I was 18 years old. And the fire came into my heart to preach and to teach. This was not a career choice for me. He chose me and raised me up to do this. But here's my message to you. He's also chosen you. If you would go and bear fruit and your fruit should remain. So he says, don't you even go out, guys, until the Holy Spirit's fallen upon you. Don't try it until you're anointed. Now, the disciples chose this final moment with their Lord to ask about prophetic things. Look at verse 6. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom into Israel? And what did Jesus say to them? It's not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. Let me just add another angle of that. He's saying to them, guys, don't let the times and the seasons, don't let prophetic things become your focus. I want you to go out and win the world. Because it's not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. Now, there's two words for time right here. Times is the Greek word chronos, and it just means length of time. we got chronograph. Chronos is how long something lasts. We're in church tonight, an hour and a half. That's the chronos. But then the second word is kairos seasons. It's not for you to know the length of time, guys, before all this happens. And it's not for you to know the seasons. Kairos means the right time, the opportune time, the fullness of time, the ripe time. It says in the fullness of time, God sent Jesus. There's a right time and there's a wrong time to do all things. What did the Ecclesiastes 3 say? So there is a time for every purpose under heaven. So he's saying to them, guys, it's not for you to know how long before that happens. And it's not for you to be focused on whether or not it's ripe for that to happen. I want your focus to be on reaching people for me. Now, do you think that's a word for us today? Now, I love prophecy. I taught a lot of prophecy in this church. But you know what? Our main focus is not prophecy. It's what's been happening here every week, people being saved, the church is growing. And so my front burner issue is not prophecy, though I teach a lot of it. It's not for Jeff to know how long before he comes. Because I can't know. It's locked up in the Father's mind. Even Jesus didn't know. He's given me a message, and he's given me a task, and he's given me a call, and all of us together are going to do it. While they had followed him, Jesus had talked about a spiritual kingdom. He said the kingdom of God is actually, guys, within you. He had said in Luke 17, 21, but the disciples were still thinking about a secular kingdom. They wanted to see the overthrow of Rome. They wanted to see the establishment of the millennial kingdom. And they're saying, Lord, when is it going to happen? Because we're under this Roman tyranny. We want to know when it's going to happen. He said, it's not for you to know how long or when it's fully time for that to take place. And so they went out and they rocked the world for Jesus. Jesus lets them know that this is a divinely kept secret for now. Their focus and priority is to be on reaching the world. 
Now, look at verse 8. He tells them what they ought to be focused on. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Guys, you're going to reach the whole known world. And having said these things, Jesus lifted up his hands and he went home. Verse 9, when he had spoken these things while they watched. Everybody say while they watched. What we're seeing here is a type of the rapture. While they watched, he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. Reminds me of Elijah. As Elisha watched the raptured Elijah, he watched until he could no longer see him in the sky. And then he went and started doing what Elijah anointed him to do. The disciples watched until their Lord was no longer visible. And then they went and did what he had anointed them to do. This was the end of an era, folks, when Jesus went home. What had begun in a cradle now ended in a cloud. God in Christ had come to earth. Now he had gone back to heaven. Verse 10, while they looked steadfastly toward heaven... As he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, who also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus who was taken up from you, everybody say the same Jesus. The same one that took off is coming back. Not another Jesus, the same Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. Well, where did he lift off from? He lifted off from the Mount of Olives. Here is an incredible promise already spoken by Christ himself. I'm coming back. And the angel said at the scene of his ascension, he's coming back the same way he left. He's coming back. You're going to see him in the clouds. Well, what an exciting time in history it was when the church was birthed into the world. The world would never be the same again, that's for sure. I hope you're encouraged to not only travel through the book of Acts with us, but to realize that what happened 21 centuries ago impacts your life so powerfully today. And before I go, let me encourage you to take advantage of our many helpful resources available for you on our Life Talk website. There, you'll discover our large archive of former Life Talk messages, several helpful books I've written, and other materials you'll want to add to your Christian library. Just go to lifetalkradio.us. That's lifetalkradio.us. And be sure to join me next time for part two of the message, The Church's Birthday. Until then, I pray God's rich blessings be yours. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff. You know, every time God uses the ministry of Life Talk to transform a life by the power of Jesus Christ, it's because somebody like you gave financially and helped make it possible. Life Talk's daily program is listener supported, so if you're interested in supporting this ministry, call toll free 877 884 3111. That's 877 884 3111. 
or visit us online at lifetalkradio.us and make a donation to empower Life Talk to continue transforming lives with the power of the gospel. Call 877-884-3111 or go online to lifetalkradio.us and give your best gift today. The Church's Birthday is the first message of Pastor Jeff's new series, Acts, When God Gets Loose. You can own a copy of this 19 CD set for just $95 plus shipping. Log on to lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. Get your copy of today's message for just $5 or purchase the entire series, Acts, When God Gets Loose, for only $95 plus shipping by logging on to lifetalkradio.us or calling us toll-free at 877-884-3111 for more information. been listening to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire. To find out more about Dr. Wickwire's ministry and Turning Point Church, visit us at lifetalkradio.us or call us toll free at 877-884-3111. That's 877-884-3111. And as a reminder, Life Talk is a listener supported ministry. We exist to bring God's word to thousands of people in your area on this great station. So your prayers and financial support go a long way in helping us with this endeavor. Please prayerfully consider helping us. Thanks again for listening today, and we look forward to meeting with you once again on our next Life Talk broadcast.